Um, if we can turn in our Bibles to, uh, or our Bible apps to 1 Peter 1. Um, I'm going to be preaching out of 1 Peter 1. Um, and this morning I'm going to talk about things that are perishable and things that are imperishable. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hop around throughout 1 Peter 1. So if you, if you get your finger in there, if you bookmark that, that book and that chapter, um, we'll be hopping back. It's really amazing um, the message that, that the Holy Spirit gives to Peter in, in writing this. Um, and I just pray, Lord, that, uh, that you would just bring this word, let it come alive to us today. Um, so as we jump into to 1 Peter chapter 1, um, pay attention to this introduction that I think sets the tone for this amazing word uh, recorded in the first chapter uh, of 1 Peter. And uh, here, let's just jump right in. 1 Peter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and uh, Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Um, I love that when we jump in here, um, I, I, don't see, I don't see Peter that I typically know Peter to be. I don't see this stubborn, sometimes short-tempered um, fisherman. Uh, someone who, what, what I see here is someone who understands God who has deep intimacy with God. And I love the fact that he calls out to saying that we have foreknowledge of God the Father. He honors the Father. And then he says, in the sanctification of the Holy Spirit, understanding that, that what we are walking out, the progress and the growth that we are making in our lives, walking out our salvation is through the sanctification of the Holy Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. Uh, I, I love the honoring of God in all three persons um, to begin this. Let's jump down to verse 3. And then we're going to touch on, on a theme that Peter has throughout this chapter. 1 Peter 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Now, those might not be words that, that we use frequently. Um, so let me make it abundantly clear what Peter is saying. He's saying, because of the Father's great mercy... We are saved, and we have life, and we have a living hope because Jesus Christ died and rose from the grave. And because of this, we are heirs. Because of this, we are grafted into the body of Christ. Now, I, I love that in, in verse 1, as part of his intro, um, Peter kind of, he uses a phrase, he calls them out and, and says that they are exiles. 
And there's actually two other books in the Bible, uh, James and Hebrews, that at one point in the greeting of the church, you know, the same thing. It's, it's exiles. It's scattered seed. It's those that have been dispersed. And, and Peter is, in his intro, letting them know, um, just as the Jewish people were scattered, we're seeing that with this church as well, but you are called and chosen once. You might be scattered, but you're chosen. You might be refugees, but you're called. You're chosen by God. Then he uses this phrasing, says, the inheritance you have is imperishable. Because of the work of Jesus Christ, the, the inheritance you have isn't going to fade away. That inheritance is not going to run out. There's going to be more than enough. In fact, it's going to gain strength as you go. You don't have to worry about it fading away. Why? Because of the work of Jesus Christ. So I'll continue reading. Imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who, by God's power, are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. I love every now and then you see a little word and you're like, who? Who matters? He's, Peter's not talking about a what. He's, he's not just talking about, let's not stay focused on the inheritance part. He's talking about a who. He's talking about you and I, by God's power, are guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. That's interesting to me. For now, for a little while, if necessary. Is that curious to anyone else? The, the if necessary part? There are trials we walk out, and some of those trials are necessary. Some of those difficulties are necessary. Why? I don't know. I know I look at my life, and I look at some of the things that I've walked out, and some of the trials that I've walked out, they were necessary to me to see that I'm not strong enough to do this on my own, that I'm not the strong one in the relationship. For me, some of the trials I've walked out because I was, I was pretty good. I was a pretty good kid. I was a pretty good young adult. I was pretty good. I, I didn't really understand grace because I was pretty good. I didn't, I didn't do a whole lot of shady stuff. I mean, I, I was pretty good. And then I wasn't. And some of the trials I walked out were to show me that my goodness is not enough, that my... My glory is not enough, that my own sense of righteousness was not enough. We all have things that we walk out, and, and the Bible says, if necessary, sometimes we're grieved by different various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, so that your tested genuineness of faith may be found to to result 
in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. No matter the trials we're walking out, no matter the difficulties we're walking out, God's intention in that trial is that there would be revelation of Jesus Christ. There would be revelation of his grace. Revelation of his strength, of his mercy, of his truth, of our identity in him. Here in this that we've read, we, we see the first and second uses of the word perish or imperishable. And we're, we're going to see that Peter uses this word perish or imperishable. He uses it four times in this short little stretch. And that's what we're going to focus on today. We're going to talk about what is imperishable. In verse 4, Peter first says that your inheritance is imperishable. It will endure. It won't run out. It won't weaken as it's drawn upon. And that's incredible. God's grace never runs out. His mercy never runs out. I don't care how many times we withdraw upon that and need his mercy and grace applied to our life. There's not an end to his mercy. There's not an end to his forgiveness. There's not. I don't care how many times we blow it. You know, I think a lot of times we, we try with painstaking efforts to not make mistakes. We try for perfection. We want to be perfect. We, we try, and, and I don't think we always think of it that way, but we do. We try to be perfect. We, we try in our own strength to be perfect and to be strong and to be kind and to be good at this and good at this and good at this and good at this, and we try our best. And when we're not perfect, it's harder than it should be. It's hard. We beat ourselves up. We, we uh, keep it quiet and allow shame. We think, I just got to try harder. I've just got to work harder. And I think that can be a trap. I mean, I love excellence. I love striving for excellence. And I, I'm a detail-oriented guy. But if I'm living my life with my strength and my efforts, with my righteousness, my goodness, I'm, I'm heading for some, some tough times because God has some lessons he wants to teach me that it's not about me. In this second usage of this word, imperishable, Peter points out that gold is precious. He says, gold is precious. He says it's precious because it's been tested by fire. So immediately we see, okay, you know, there's, there's something that when we go through difficulty, when we go through the fire, there's a re refining that can be precious. And he says because it, it's been through the fire, it's precious. But he also says this, it's not imperishable. Peter points at gold and says it's not imperishable. Gold will not endure. Gold will run out. It will lose its luster. It will lose its strength as time and trials go by. And then Peter makes this remarkable statement. The tested genuineness. The authenticity of our tested faith is more precious than gold.
and it can be imperishable. It may be imperishable if it leads to praise and honor and glory to God. Not every hard time and not every bit of our faith is imperishable. For the faith that we just, we try and make it in our own strength, it is perishable. You're going to run out of faith. You're going to run out of strength. For the faith that is just wholly dependent upon God and that runs to him again and again and again, that Peter refers to as imperishable and says it leads to glory and honor and praise to God. You know what leads to glory and honor and praise to God? Getting up. Getting up when we fall. That leads to glory and honor and praise to God. Running to Him. Repenting. Being dependent and relying upon God. That will not perish. That leads in God being glorified. I, I made reference, and it's not my sermon notes, but I made reference uh, during worship that that part of 1 Peter where he's talking about others that have paved the way for us and that they prayed and prophesied and they never got to see the results. But what they did is part of our inheritance and that's imperishable because it led to God being glorified and us coming to know Jesus, at least in part, to hearing about him, for coming to know him. Peter says this. He says we should rejoice that our hard times may not be wasted. But they may result in Jesus being glorified. But this is a hard truth because the honest truth is they may be wasted. They may be wasted. If, if we stay down, those hard times are wasted if we're unrepentant, if we refuse to repent and to change our mind about God's word and his will and his instruction for our lives, those hard times may be wasted. Then they were just simply hard times, and that stinks. But I love the use of the word may. They don't have to be wasted. Peter's not the first writer in the Bible to have this this message, this concept. You can see it all throughout the New Testament. You can see it in every gospel. You can see it throughout the writings of Paul. And, and the, the concept is this. You must die to self so that Christ can live in you and through you. You must die to self. You must die so that he can live. Notice what Peter is and is not saying. When, when Peter says that the tested genuineness of your faith may be found to result in, in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ, he's not saying that your faith is imperishable. Your test, your genuine faith 
He's saying that is imperishable. I think it's easy to make it about us. I think it's easy to make it about our strength. I think it's easy to make it about our goodness. And then I think those are the times it's hardest when we fall, when we fail, when we blow it because we had such high standards of ourselves. But I think what God wants is us to have high standards in him. Recognizing that he is strong and mighty and great and kind. Any of us ever fade out? Run out? Lose strength? It happens. So what do we do? What do we do when all of a sudden it's revealed that we're not perfect? What do we do when it's revealed that as good as you are, you're not perfect? We run to Jesus. And we find true strength in him. Isaiah 40, 29 says this. God gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths, youths, uh, young people shall faint and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Again, the praise, honor, and glory that Jesus receives when we get back up and we run to him is imperishable. You think you're never going to fail or fall? You will. You think you're never going to lose strength? You will. But when we call out to Jesus so that he can lift us up, so that his goodness can be poured upon our life and our situation, whatever it is we need, he receives glory. I know I'm driving this point home, but it needs to be driven home. Let's just jump back to verse 13 of 1 Peter 1. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Just to pause right there, you guys, when, when we have a revelation of of God, grace is brought to us. When we have a revelation of, of just how big our God is, love is brought to us. Kindness is brought to us. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Preach it, Peter. Preach it. Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy... You also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Verse 17. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed. That's another word we don't use a lot. You were ransomed from the future ways inherited by your forefathers, not with perishable, there's that word again, not with perishable things such as silver or gold. I love that he points out two really good things. Silver and gold, did not, like we're like, huh, like they're, they're, they're kind of imperishable, right? I mean, they're imperishable. And Peter's like, no, they're perishable, and they're really good. But you weren't ransomed with silver and gold. 
but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. That word ransom, it means a, a sum of money that is demanded. A sum of money that is required and paid for the release of what? A prisoner. One who's been captive. The blood of Jesus is the ransom that was demanded and paid for our useless and fruitless ways. That, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about these foolish things we did, the things we did in ignorance, these things that they just don't have any fruitfulness in our lives, that are never going to bear fruit. The blood of Jesus was the ransom for it. Why? Because the blood of Jesus is imperishable. Verse 22. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. Who's the truth? Who's the truth? Jesus said, I'm the truth. He said, I'm the truth. I'm the way, the truth, the life. And he's the one that we're obedient to. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, and again we see it, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Through the living and abiding word of God. It would be real easy for us to just read through 1 Peter 1 and miss this theme that Peter, the simple fisherman, is so eloquent in presenting to us about things that are imperishable and things that are perishable. Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all of its glory like the flower of grass. I, th I think sometimes, you know, people, like, we stop short, we're like, oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's like we, we were having a conversation uh, with Jacob and Brittany earlier about, like, you know, like, oh, he thinks I'm pretty. You know, Jacob had said, you're pretty. And she's like, thanks. That's, thank you for that. Sometimes we're like, oh, you're saying I'm pretty. I'm like a flower. He's like, yeah, you're, you're kind of missing the message. You're missing the point. He said, all of our flesh is like grass. And all of our own glory, all of our best efforts, it's pretty. It's the flower of the grass. But the grass withers. And the flower falls. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And I think sometimes we miss the point. Um, it's like the old king in the movie, The Princess Bride where they just rushed through the, the wedding to the bad guy, to the villain in the movie. And, and the, the old king and queen, he's like senile, and he, they're walking her to the honeymoon suite. She's like, thank you for being kind to me. When I get to the honeymoon suite, I'm going to kill myself and stab a knife through my heart. And she kisses him, and he's like, well, isn't that nice? And then he goes, she kissed me. She kissed me. Missing the whole point of everything else that was said beforehand. Peter ends with this, and he says, and this word is the good news that was preached to you. 
Byron, would you mind um, coming up? And this is the good news of the word that was preached to you. He closes with saying, your best efforts right now look really green and they look really nice, but they're going to fade away. They're perishable. Your glory, your best attempt at righteousness is going to fade away. It's perishable. That, that pretty flower in, in the grass, it represents our best efforts, which are perishable. This is one of those passages of scripture where that it's, it's a very obvious response that we're to have. It, it has to be about Jesus. We have to die to self. We have to stop thinking that we're the strong one, we're the wise one, we're the, the good one. Because honestly, what I think that does when we think that is in that that opens the door when we do blow it, when we do lose our temper, we're sharp with somebody or we're gossiping or we cut someone off and shoot them the bird or whatever, whatever it is. Then that opens the door for the enemy to beat us down where he's like, you are no good, you are rotten, you thought you were good, you're a bum. And then the enemy has this place to tear us down. Why would the enemy do that? Well, number one, he hates us. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But it's also to keep us from communion with God. He doesn't want us to run to the Lord. And Peter's making a message like this saying, the only thing that's imperishable, the only thing that will not fade and run out and lose strength are the things of God, the love of God, the word of God, the work of Jesus Christ, the inheritance we have in Jesus Christ. Read this chapter again. I mean, it ends with this, and this is the good news that was preached to you. Here's the good news. That your strength isn't enough, and that is good news. That is good news. His strength is enough. We've got to draw upon it. We've got to receive it. I say it all the time. What a gift repentance is. What a gift it is. That we get to change our minds that leads to a change of actions. We get to turn from something that was leading down a path that was never going to be fruitful and metanoia, change our minds and say, okay, God, I know how you think on the matter and I haven't been thinking that way and I know what you've said on the subject and I haven't been doing that, but I'm changing my mind. And through my commitment to you, I'm changing my actions. It's not enough that I'm just changing my mind. But Lord, I'm stopping this and I'm, I know what you say. I know what you want. You know what sounds crazy? I think this is still one of those crazy stories. When I was at Cal State Northridge, I was playing football and I played junior college ball. Then I went to University of Alabama. Then there was a coaching change. We went back to Cal State Northridge. Okay. And by this time, I was a wild man. Like, I was not living for the Lord. I was not. And our star defensive end got hurt in practice right before the playoffs. His name was Mario. And uh, we needed Mario for the playoffs. 
And even though I'm telling you guys, I was living like a hellion. I was not living for the Lord. I'm just telling you, I'm just being honest with you. When Mario went down, I went over there, and I dropped my knees, and I laid hands on him, and I prayed, and I said, God, would you heal him because you're the healer? And this isn't about me because I'm a mess, but you're not a mess, and I know who you are. And even though I'm not living for you right now, would you heal him? God healed Mario. You know what's crazy? I've prayed a hundred, i prayed a thousand times over people, and the huge majority of times I do not see a healing. I'm just, again, I, I usually don't see the healing right then and there. Mario, right then and there, was healed. And then, of course, people call me a hypocrite. They're like, you're a hypocrite. I saw what you did last night. I'm like, I know, I know. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. Why do I say that story? When we fall, we have to make sure that we're not making it about ourselves, but we run to Jesus. Just a quick happy ending to that. A semester later, I transferred to Oral Roberts University, rededicated my life to Christ, got away from football because I realized I didn't have the maturity at that time to play football and serve God. And God started just putting to paper this awesome new chapter in my life, one that where I said, Lord, I'm going to follow you. What's your response to this today? Have have you put your hope in stuff that's perishable? Young people, there's a lot of young people. Are you putting your hope in something that's perishable? Are you putting your hope in something that has no future, that's going to be fruitless? Or are you putting your hope in Jesus Christ and saying, Lord, I'm not the one that's going to write my future. I'm going to trust you for that. Will you guide me every step of the way? Will you guide me in, in every situation that I come across, the ones I, I think I'm good and the ones where I clearly need you and realize that I need you through all of it? Um, can, we, can we stand to our feet? I'm just going to pray over us. Um, my response to this can't be your response to this, but I'm just letting us know that we there's got to be a response to God. There's got to be a response to a loving merciful, unending, unfatable God. Um, Holy Spirit, uh, in this word that you inspired, there's words of, of things that fade away and things that don't, of things that are perishable and things that are imperishable. And we just ask you to bring revelation of Jesus in this. Let us have a revelation that we didn't walk into this place with. We, 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 we're, we make ourselves teachable before you right now, God. Teach us this. Give us a revelation of any facet of of your goodness, your glory, your grace, your mercy, your patience, your endurance that we didn't have when we walked into this place. Lord, we want to leave here stronger in you. We, we don't want to just leave here smarter. We want to leave here wiser because we've heard you and revelation has grabbed a hold of our heart. Lord, I just pray that you would just bring life to, to every situation, Lord God, whether it looks like death, but Lord, you, and because of your resurrection, we have life. So we look to you, Lord. Let each person in this place 
looks to you. With all eyes closed, and, and I mean that, if you could just, everyone keep their eyes closed for a second, except mine are open. I'm going to be looking around. If you're here today and you, you don't know Jesus, you've never trusted your life in him, you've never maybe believed, but right now in your heart, you're like, I believe. I believe that Jesus is the one in which I can have life. And you want to just trust your life in him. Would you lock eyes with me today? And, and I want to pray with you later. Um, I want to get you a Bible, and I want to link arms with you. Is there anyone today that says, this day right here, I'm committing my life to Jesus. I'm trusting my life in Jesus. Is there anyone? Maybe there's somebody that's, that's watching online and that's going to see this and that you're making that decision. And I'm asking you, if that's you, would you would you email us? That's an easy way to get a hold of us. Contact at impactrock.com and give us your number. We'll call you. We'll we'll celebrate with you. This is a big deal. We'll still get you that Bible. We'll still link arms with you. I don't care where in the world you are. This is a big deal. Trusting Jesus is the biggest. We can open our eyes. I love you guys. Our God is good. Yeah, I'll leave us with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have an amazing day. I love you.